Good morning and welcome once again to the Hills Church at home. We were talking uh, before starting the service that um, this is our sixth Sunday doing live stream, so we're glad that you're a part. Whether you're watching live uh, with us or maybe you're catching up at another time, um, we're praying for you and excited about our uh, word today. You know, um, if you haven't, you can download the message notes. You can go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org, download the message notes. You can download a kid's activity, a coloring sheet. Uh, if you would like to send in a prayer request, uh, you can do so at either on our Facebook page, at actually doing it live right now or on our YouTube. And if you're uh, joining us on YouTube, we would love it if you click the subscribe button. That will allow us here in the future not to have a camera just connected to a computer. Anyways, glad that you're uh, with us this morning. So hopefully you're sitting with your family, or maybe you're in a room on your phone, however you're joining us. Uh, we're excited today for what God has to say, say to us. But let me pray to start. In fact, I want to pray out of Proverbs 4. And let me pray this verse along to us as uh, David would say to Solomon. In fact, I'll use in my prayer, son and daughter. Uh, here's what is being said. Let's pray this morning. Father, we thank you that when we read Proverbs 4, where it says, my son or daughter, pay attention to my words, incline your ear to my sayings, keep them in the midst of your heart, for out of it flows the issues of life. In fact, we read, keep your heart with all diligence. We're to guard this heart. Father, we thank you that living in these days is awakening our faith and our trust and our hope in you. And we thank you even today. You're walking us through believing and trusting you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In fact, if you have your Bibles, um, you can turn to a couple places. You'll see in our notes I have several different verses. I won't hit all of those, but if you can get to uh, Matthew chapter 14, we'll get there in, in just a minute. But let me start and say this. If you've tuned in and you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, you know Romans 10, 9 and 10, Romans 10, even 9, if you would confess the Lord Jesus with your mouth, and believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead, you shall be saved. One prayer that changes eternity. I wanted to start with that. If you just tuned in and you've never made Jesus the, your Lord, let your heart be open to his words uh, to you today. And so I want to look at, in fact, my title today is actually the words that we're going to look at in Scripture, Jesus's words be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. Now, when we read these in the scripture, and when you read later all of the different places, it's a very odd um, opportunity or a time or an, an event that Jesus would say the words, be of good cheer. We don't 
use that phrase now. We don't tell people be of good cheer. I love when I will watch something with uh, the UK and people will say cheers or it's a, an ending of saying, you know, thank you or, you know, they, they just, and I think it just sounds really cool, cheers. But Jesus has this saying that he says, be of good cheer. You know, sayings to us um, really bring back memories. I can remember probably the first time I heard the phrase, don't let the cat out of the bag. That was from my grandma. She would use that phrase time and time again, don't let the cat out of the bag, which you wonder, how did the cat get in the bag? Don't let the cat out of the bag. What did that mean? Well, don't let the surprise or don't let the event that's about to happen out. Don't tell somebody about it. Keep it, keep it quiet. You know, another one uh, that, that I've loved is uh, the early bird gets the worm. But then I heard somebody else had one. Yet the second mouse is the one that gets the cheese. You know, there's all of these sayings that we've probably grown up with or we've heard and it links us back to some type of memory or the person that said it. But I want to look today at what Jesus says. I don't want it to be a memory of an event. I want it to be something that to us is God's word speaking to our heart when he says, be of good cheer. So I want to start in John chapter 16, verse 33. I'm going to read this out of the New King James Version, and then I'm going to read it out of the Passion Translation. John 16, 33 says this, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. John 16 this is out of those messages, really John 13 through John uh, 17, where, where Jesus begins to talk to the disciples, really about the Holy Spirit, about what's about to come before he's actually in that garden of Gethsemane. And he uses these words, these things I have spoken to you that in me. So let's, let's break this down for just a minute. That in me, what Jesus is talking about, that there is a peace that's found in him. In fact, one of the Greek word translations for this word peace here is an exemption from rage. An exemption from rage, havoc, or war. It's a place of rest and harmony or entering into the place of peace. Jesus says that in me, you'll find the exemption from the rage. In me, you will enter into that place of peace. You know, we talk a lot about peace or we hear of treaties of peace. Jesus says these words emphatically that the place of peace is only found when we rest and we trust in him. In fact, he goes on and he uses that word in this world you will have tribulation. In this world, you're going to have troubles. You know, the word tribulation, uh, another translation out of the, the Greek language is a pressing, a pressing together, pressure. 
in this world, you're going to have pressure, a pressing together. You know, a lot of us feel that even today, or we look around at the events uh, of the world and how people are acting and responding. There is a pressure that is taking place on all of us. But here's what Jesus says. He throws these words out. But be of good cheer. Why? I have overcome the world. When Jesus says, be of good cheer, he is saying, be of good courage. Be encouraged. Let me encourage you today. Let me fill you with courage. Be of good cheer. Be courageous. Be strong. Be encouraged. Well, where do we find that uh, to be encouraged, that strength? We find it in him. Even in the midst of pressure times, even in the midst of a pressure cooker, we find that rest and that life, and it's only found in him. It's interesting, Jesus is going to use this several times. We won't take time to go through it, but let me throw this uh, phrase out. Extreme situations require a supernatural response. Extreme situations require a supernatural response. When the pressure is hitting, you have to have the supernatural words of God, the strength of God on the inside of you to see clearly what is ahead, to see clearly what is happening today. Because as the pressure takes place, Jesus didn't say, oh yeah, I know you're under pressure. No, he says, be of good cheer, for I have overcome this world. So I want to pick up uh, today in Matthew chapter 14. In fact, uh, we won't take time to go through it, but let me just mention the events of this one day in the life of Jesus. Uh, in fact, his ministry and the disciples ministering to him. Jesus would have just found out probably sometime in the morning that his cousin John, John the Baptist, was beheaded by Herod. In fact, if you read it, uh, John, uh, Herod watched a dance and he liked it so much, he asked about, what can I do for you? In fact, the, the words that came out were they wanted John the Baptist's head on a silver platter. So Jesus hears that not only his cousin, his family, was beheaded. What, John, what Jesus knows is John the Baptist was the one called to go before him to prepare the way. That emotional part of, of Jesus is seen. In fact, here's what Jesus then does. Jesus wants to get away. Really what he wants to do is he wants to get away and pray Yet the multitudes, the crowds know that he's uh, moving away and they follow him. And instead of shooing the crowds away and the people to get away so that he could spend the time alone, he begins to minister to the people. And that's where we read about him feeding, multiplying uh, that, that, uh, the fish and the bread to feed 5,000 men plus women and children, one of the largest feedings. And at the end of that is where we're going to pick up this story because Jesus is now going to get away to pray. He's going to send the disciples one way. 
he's going to get away to pray. And so the events of the day, hearing about John the Baptist, having compassion on the people, but now is his moment to get away, to recharge. And we pick this up in verse 22. It says, immediately Jesus made his disciples to get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now, when evening had come, he was alone there. But the boat, now remember, this is where the disciples are. The boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, and the wind was contrary. Now, in the fourth watch of the night, you know, back in this time, it would have been between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m., the fourth watch. So it says, now the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled saying, it is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, be of good cheer. It is I, do not be afraid. Here we read it again. Be of good cheer. It is I, don't be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And so Jesus said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Verse 30 says this though, but when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when he got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat, came and worshiped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. You know, we read this story a couple places in the Bible. There's another uh, story of Jesus walking on the water. And yet, when you think about those events of the day, and Jesus's heart was he just wanted to get alone. His, his heart was always moved by compassion for the people. And he's getting back to what he wanted to do at the beginning of the day, to pray and to recharge and to press into his father. But here's what's important when we read this story. In fact, we read it early on that the boat with the disciples is in the middle of, and it's being tossed by the waves. They are afraid. But here's what we know. Jesus is always watching. He's not too far off where he doesn't know what's going on. In fact, one of the things he's going to do is a principle we read in the Bible. He is going to draw near to them even in the middle of the storm. You know, if it was me and if I was Jesus and I saw what was going on, I think from whatever mountaintop I was on, I would have said a quick prayer and got back to what I was doing. But Jesus does something that should encourage all of us today. Draw near to him and he draws near to you. In the midst of any storm, 
He's going to draw near the disciples. He's going to be right there with them in the middle. In fact, he surprised them. They were surprised. They thought he was a ghost. You know, when when you read this, uh, that word ghost is another Greek word. It's the word phantom. You know, we don't use that, that somebody saw a phantom. They thought it was a ghost. In fact, uh, one of those reports when you read about early sailors was, if you saw a ghost, they always felt like there was shipwreck coming. They didn't think it was Jesus. They thought it was a ghost. Well, you got wind and you got waves. In fact, when you read in verse 30, it is strong winds. It's mighty waves that are pounding on up against that boat. And one of the words that we read even in the Greek is they are starting to be overwhelmed. So here they are in the middle of the sea, feeling overwhelmed, thinking that they see a ghost. And who is it that comes to them in the middle of the storm? It's Jesus. And what does Jesus say to them in the middle of all of this? In the other situation, he said, peace be still. He uses these words. Be of good cheer. It is I. Don't be afraid. You know, you can read on and you can read here about Peter because Peter wants to get out and he wants to walk on water. But the moment Peter started to sink is when he began to look at, in fact, it says in verse 30, he saw that the wind was overwhelming, boisterous, and he was afraid and he began to sink. The guy's walking on the water. I mean, that that should have been enough right there to encourage you to keep following after Jesus. No, what happened? He turned his focus off that Jesus had drawn near to him and he turned his focus on the elements around him and he began to sink. You know, Jesus does something, he reaches down, but it becomes a teaching moment in verse 31 where he says, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? You know, Jesus knew exactly where they were the whole time And it lets us know this, we are never out of his sight. We are never an afterthought. They may have forgotten about the miracles and the events of the day. They may have forgotten about what they saw when Jesus fed the 5,000 men plus women and children, but Jesus didn't forget and Jesus never forgets. It also lets me know this, that you'll never end up somewhere where the Lord can't find you. There's no storms of life where Jesus can't calm the wind and the waves. So through the storm or whatever journey or whatever is giving anybody a hard time, here's what I know. He is coming your direction. And he has those words that we even need to hear today. Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. You know, when you hear those words, you have to remember these stories in the Bible. That everything God calls his people to do looks impossible to men. Everything looks impossible. But that's why we trust God. God can make the impossible possible. There's no Bible story that comes out so easy. Oh, that was so easy. There's no Bible story that's easy. Nothing that we read in the Bible about any of the characters of the Bible is easy. 
They all had to press in and have faith in God. They all had to believe in God in the middle of their circumstances. And once you realize that, the pressure will come off of you because you can put that pressure back on the Lord. See, he doesn't want you to carry around the tribulation. He wants you to walk around in the peace that's only found in him because the news headlines are always gonna change. But here's the thing we know about him. He changes not. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His words to us are always yes and amen. And regardless of what boat you might find yourself into, Jesus is on the move and he's coming and he wants you to believe him. So don't look at your abilities. Always take your eyes off your abilities and look on the ability of God. The God that says it doesn't matter if it's impossible, I say it's possible. You know, it's a great story that we read. In fact, uh, I do want to jump because you might be thinking, you know, well, that's Jesus. You know, that's Jesus in his ministry, and he can say, be of good cheer. Well, let's look at one more, can we? I want to look at Acts chapter 23, verse 11 with the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul has been arrested. It's not looking good for the Apostle Paul. In fact, I would encourage you to read at the end of Acts of all the things happening to the Apostle Paul. He was taking the gospel to the Jews and to the Gentiles from Jerusalem, and he's gonna be going to Rome. But we read this about Paul. Let me read it. We'll come back and think about what was happening in the life of Paul. Acts 23, 11. But the following night, the Lord stood by him and said, Be of good cheer, Paul, for as you have testified for me in Jerusalem, you must also bear witness in Rome. The following night, the Lord stood with him and said, What did the Lord say to him? Be of good cheer. The guys at house arrest, the guys having to go before councils, they're trying to do to him what they did to Jesus, trying to falsely accuse him, to get him arrested, to get him killed. But the Lord stood with him with these words, be of good cheer. You know, if you read on, the story plays out this way. And remember, I just said, everything that we do looks impossible to us, but not to God. Paul's nephew visits him. Paul finds out that there's 40 Jewish leaders that have vowed not to eat or not to drink until they have physically killed the Apostle Paul. They're, not gonna, they're gonna fast and not eat until they kill Paul. Paul tells his nephew, hey, go to the commander and, and would you let him know that I believe there's gonna be an ambush set up. Now, who knows where that little story's gonna fall that could have been thrown out as some kid telling a rumor. The commander listens to the young man. In fact, we read in the Bible later that the commander then prepares 200 soldiers, 70 horsemen, and 200 spearmen, guys with spears, to escort Paul to protect him. Be of good cheer, Paul. Hey, nephew, 
Go tell the guy, I think there might be an ambush. You know, Paul's not just thinking of himself. Because we know when when Paul gets shipwrecked, he prophesies that nobody's going to die. He's not looking out for his own good. He's also looking out for who might escort him. And what, what gets prepared through the commander? 200 soldiers, 70 horsemen, and, a, and 200 spearmen. Oh yeah, I think they can take on 40 guys that haven't eaten or had anything to drink. But Paul had to do what? Be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. It's requiring us to go back to those. That's a simple word, isn't it? It's a very simple thing. You know, the gospel's not complex, but what becomes complex is when we don't believe. It's when we believe what God says, even regardless of what we see. Paul now is being ushered back into that court setting, surrounded by all of these soldiers and protected. But Paul, be of good cheer. You know, in the perspective of Jesus, Whatever is happening in the world, whatever is happening around us, whatever is happening in our personal world, in our personal family, in our communities, in our church family, his mission is the same. His mission stands strong on its own. In fact, he uses those words to encourage us even today. I have overcome the world. To the paralyzed man, Jesus says those words, be of good cheer. To the woman with the issue of blood that for 12 years has been been suffering with it and has spent all her money that she had, she's now poor, and every doctor that she went to has made her worse, Jesus says to that woman, be of good cheer. To the blind man that can't see, Jesus says those words, be of good cheer. And to his own disciples that are afraid, that think he's a ghost, that the waves are boisterous and loud and they don't know what to do, Jesus says the very same things to them, be of good cheer. In fact, let me go back to that verse that we started with in John chapter 16. And let me read it out of the passage translation. Everything that I've taught you is so that peace which is in me will be in you and give you great confidence as you rest in me. That's where we get the words, be of good cheer. For in this unbelieving world, you will experience trouble and sorrows, but you must be courageous for I have conquered the world. So what do you say to somebody who's going through all the same things that we're going through? Be of good cheer. What does Jesus say to every single one of the, to the paralyzed man, to the woman with the issue of blood, to the blind man, to his disciples, into the apostle Paul? Be of good cheer. Take that upon you. Take that on the inside of you. Take those words. And what Peter did as an example The moment I take my eyes and begin to look around is the moment that I find myself sinking. I got to get back into watching what Jesus does. As we opened, as we prayed, inclining our ear to his sayings. 
Even though it sounds ridiculous to tell a blind man, be of good cheer, it brought healing to his eyesight so that he could see. Well, wherever you are, if you would take a minute and bow your head with me, I want to pray for you and I want to pray for your family. As all of us are walking out these days and as I open with, as we've been coming on Sundays for six weeks, it just doesn't seem that long. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know where your boat's been sailing, but here's what I know. Jesus is so aware. Jesus will always draw near. Jesus has given you his words. Jesus has deposited in you confidence. Jesus would say to you like he would say to all of these and the apostle Paul, be of good cheer. So Lord, we cast all of the care, the fear, the worry, the anxieties, the what ifs, we cast it, we're told to cast it on you because you care for us and to take your yoke on us. It's light, it's easy. In fact, we do this, we allow you to do the heavy lifting in our life. Father, you go before us with our families, our family's health. You go before us in our jobs, in the, in the places and the businesses that we might even be thinking of. You go before us amongst our children and their schoolwork. And Father, we thank you that even in this time where it might feel like we're disconnected, oh no, we've never been more connected in our life to you because you've drawn near. And you tell us, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. Lord, I pray that everyone would hear, even ourselves today, be of good cheer. Receive that peace that Jesus has, that I can look in the middle of this storm and I can have peace because Jesus said so. And Father, I thank you for the one listening that's never made you Lord of his life, her life. I thank you, Lord, that they can confess you as their Savior and believe in their heart that you rose from the dead and they shall be saved. And we pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. You know, as always each week, my wife Michelle is uh, on our computer even right now. If you have prayer requests, if you have praise reports, if you even just made Jesus the Lord of your life right now, we would sure love to connect with you. In fact, write in there, make a comment back or um, email us or go to our website to email us, info at hillschurcharcadia.org. We would love to connect with you. Well, as we do, as we get ready to close uh, our time, I wanna read to us uh, two verses for our tithes and our offerings today. Deuteronomy 8.18, in fact, Deuteronomy could really be summed up as the remember book. Remember what God does and said. And it says, and you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. Remember the Lord. Remember he's the power that he's given you the power to get wealth, 
to establish his covenant. You know, we prayed that last week through Jesus's prayer that our prayer every day should be your kingdom come. How can I partner with you, Father, today in your kingdom? And then Psalm 77, verse 11. I remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember your wonders of old. I remember the works and I will remember the wonders of old. Go back and allow God's word to be an encouragement to you in people that we read that are just like us in the Bible that are trusting God when he spoke and said things to them. They had to believe and follow what he said. Well, we're gonna put up on the screen our prayer, our confession that we do each week. In fact, wherever you are, would you stop? Would you pray this along with me? Would you mean it from your heart? This is your prayer to your Father God today. Ready? As I give in today's offering, I remember your promises to me because you are the God of miracles and the God of provision. I remember today that you are the reason I am blessed. You have given me the strength to work, to start my business, to finish my schooling, and invest my resources. You are the reason for all of my blessings. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're giving, you can give online. You can go to our website, Hills Church Arcadia. Dot org. Click on the Give Now. It's simple. It's secure. You can also, if you're mailing uh, in anything, you can mail it to The Hills Church, P.O. Box 661419, Arcadia, California, 91066. And before we uh, sign off, remember, every Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, we do a Zoom gathering and communion together with all of our church and extended family. You're invited as well too. If you're not part of our weekly email that goes out, we would love uh, to get you connected as well. And so here's what I'd ask you to do. Uh, email us, info at hillschurcharcadia.org. Give us your name. Um, you can give a phone number if you'd like. We'll get you on our email Jump in on a Wednesday night to our Zoom gathering, our communion time. It's been so great to see people, even if it's on a computer screen, but we always end with a time of communion to remember him. Please know that from uh, my family to yours that we're praying for you. We miss seeing you face to face, but we're thankful for the opportunity that we can get into God's word together. And would you remember today and this week, be of good cheer. The Lord bless you.